I'm Suzanne Nance, and this is The State of the Arts, a new all-classical Portland series designed to chronicle the times and provide a platform for regional arts leaders to talk about their organization. My guest today is Dr. Ethan Sperry, the Artistic Director of Oregon Repertory Singers and the Director of Choral Activities at Portland State University, where he conducts the world-renowned Chamber Choir and leads undergraduate and graduate programs in conducting. He's also a composer. Dr. Ethan Sperry, welcome to the State of the Arts. Thanks for joining us. Talk to us about what happened immediately when COVID-19 hit and you had a look at the restrictions of having folks gather together, not only to get together, but to sing together. We pretty much stopped offering choir. We actually debated as a, as a school of music whether we should just waive the ensemble requirements for a quarter because doing an ensemble over Zoom, is, is it's impossible because of the lag. You can have some rehearsals, which are kind of weird to get stuff done, but if you know you're never going to do a performance, it's, it seemed pointless to us all. And all I've been doing is having people come and talk to them on Zoom uh, every Monday and Wednesday. They've been hearing from professional conductors, university conductors, and composers. Carlos Calamar even came and talked to them. You know, so I feel like we're able to make good use of their time. Uh, the other choirs we changed, most of them are, uh, we changed into music appreciation classes. And one where they're getting sort of online voice lessons. I'm much more concerned with how to start off a year if we can't be in person. How you do auditions and why anybody even enrolls. I worry that if this goes long, on long enough, it's, it's not only going to, you know, how long can somebody really stay unemployed? Like, you know, and how long before people really lose their edge if they don't practice every day? Are we also gonna lose the next generation? Is this not something a student is gonna wanna study in school? Is this even a field that's available anymore? You posted on social media your thoughts about singing in a choir together in a physical space versus this concept of virtual choir, the kind of Brady Bunch choirs we've been seeing pop up all over the internet and on social media. I mean, that's a really cool thing that you can record a lot of people's voices and, and then line them up and make something that sounds like a choir. But to me, the most important thing about choir is the community is the personal interactions. And you feel that heart of the community come across in, in, a, in a choral performance. What we're seeing on some of these virtual choirs, some of that can really be preserved if those people know each other well, if they've been having this great year and they've had something ripped away from them. You see them trying in those virtual choir videos. That's not to say I don't think people should do them. Like if we're stuck online, we've got to do something with our time. And, and this is certainly better than nothing. People don't join a music ensemble because they want to improve their skills. That I mean, of course, that's a nice side benefit, but, but they want the community. It's going to be a very challenging time for ensembles, both in the educational world and I think even more so in the professional world. Because at least on the educational side of things, my choirs don't need to earn revenues through ticket sales. Well, I heard there was a sacred chord that David played and it pleased the Lord. But you don't really care for music, do ya? On May 5th, the National Association of Teachers of Singing, NATS, 
with American Choral Directors Association, ACDA, Barbershop Harmony Society, Performing Arts Medical Association, and Chorus America presented a webinar titled, What Do Science and Data Say About the Near-Term Future of Singing? What is your response to that webinar that's now been seen by thousands and thousands of people around the world? I hate to say this, I, I think it was very irresponsible of the professional organizations. I think it was very poorly done. I think it was very good to put some scientific information in our hands. However, only scientific information about the dangers of singing, especially choral singing, were presented. No solutions were offered. No ways forward were offered. And I will say that there are other very high quality scientific studies out of Germany that contradict the information that was given in that session. But basically, to me, that session was in a nice package, could be handed to any school administrator who felt like cutting the arts, which is a common thing to do in recessions. And I think it was vastly irresponsible of our professional organizations to provide that information without also giving those of us watching a toolkit for how to respond. And they said, we're going to do another webinar in a month with, with that information. But I think a lot of people are at risk of being fired in that month, especially as schools are trying to figure out how to reopen. There were guidelines that came out of Missouri about how to reopen school, and it cited that webinar and why they're not planning to offer choir or band. And even though that exact same information applies to athletics, their recommendation is to try to modify athletics. What is the financial impact to date on Oregon repertory singers? The impact's been really devastating. So we canceled our, our spring concert like everybody else did. We were also planning a tour to Argentina. That got canceled as well. We made a really difficult decision a week ago in our, our board meeting that we are not advertising a, a next season, nor are we enrolling for our youth choir program. There seems to be too much evidence that, that all of that seems unlikely, and we would rather not start selling tickets for things and then refund. We're going to try and raise enough money to keep at least, you know, our executive staff and, and me employed. But we have no source of revenue now other than grants or donations. We're in better shape than a lot of professional ensembles because we didn't have to fire our singers because we don't pay them in the first place. We're going to hopefully try to get people uh, like you guys do to get monthly sustainers. Because it's not like we have a fixed dollar amount we need. We have more of a fixed dollar amount per month we need for as long as this goes on then we can at least still produce some digital content, stay in touch with our audience, and be ready if we are able to perform. What has been the biggest innovation you've seen over the past few weeks? This experience is going to change how I teach conducting far for the better. I think I had my best graduate conducting class I've ever had this past Thursday. And you also can't teach conducting on, uh, online because you can't have the choir there to conduct. We decided to do something with my grad students where they conducted nothing. They each videotaped themselves. It was a pure audiation exercise. That is a crucial skill to build that relationship between the written and the heard. When there's no one to conduct, you can't fake it. Like, you're not getting any stimulus to see if you know where you are in the piece. 
The other thing is my conducting classes all have always been limited in what pieces I can have because it's whether the choir and the class can actually sing the piece or not. Now I'm like, hey, we could do Misa Solemnis. This is fine. Like my, my fictional orchestra and choir in my head can play anything I want. What do you hope people learn about the arts community or the arts ecosystem through this experience? I really struggle with that message because like so many people are hurting right now in so many ways. This virus and the way it is manifesting is really an existential threat to the entire arts ecosystem right now, especially the classical arts ecosystem. But we're all dependent on charity right now to exist. And anyone with a charitable bone in their body is going to be pulled a million directions. So it, it's, it's really hard to know what to do and what to ask for. I am quite convinced that whenever it ends, people will want to attend live concerts again. Thank you, Ethan Sperry, for taking time to speak with me today on The State of the Arts. You are so welcome, and thank you for creating this show. Dr. Ethan Sperry is the Artistic Director of Oregon Repertory Singers. He's also in his 10th year as Director of Choral Activities at Portland State University. To learn more, visit orsingers.org. This has been the State of the Arts, a new series dedicated to sharing the microphone with regional arts leaders and chronicling the times. To learn more, listen to archived interviews or read written interviews, visit allclassical.org. Special thanks to producers Andrea Murray and Christina Becker. For All Classical Portland, I'm Suzanne Nance. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>